Good Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Well, I am honored today to speak a message uh, out of the Bible, of course. And uh, today, I, I really just feel that this message is going to leave us changed. In fact, I feel like today's message is going to be one that we remember for a long time. It's going to be one of those moments in time, moments in the Word of God where you go, I'm not going to maybe ever forget that. Do you think that could be possible today? Maybe for some, this is the very first sermon you've ever heard. And and you're thinking, I don't even know what to expect in the next few moments. Maybe for some, like me, this might be like in the thousands of sermons that you've heard. And so it seems almost impossible to think that what's so special about this? Well, I really do think that God wants to speak to each one of us in this time. Uh, I want to acknowledge that I know for most of the people who are, are part of our church that restrictions around COVID-19 are getting a, a little more intensified in not only in the Vancouver area, but in a lot of the regions where people tune in from. And so I, I understand that I'm speaking to most people who might actually be totally by themselves right now. Typically, we acknowledge that people are in house parties and their watch parties and there's different gatherings of people in their homes and in different places. And today, that's probably just not the case. Probably most people are by themselves. And so even here right now, I just want to ask if you could be real focused, be with me in this, be uh, engaged in this moment, even without the positive peer pressure of people in the room to help you out with that. I also want to want to say that as you're alone, uh, you're really truly not alone, right? Like, like you're in the place you are by yourself, but God is with us and we're actually together. And I, I, I hesitate to say this, but I really do sense it in my heart that we will get through this and we will be better for it. Like we will be improved. We will leave this season changed. Do you believe that? Come on. Can you give me an amen? If you believe that someone's like, I'm not actually in the same room as you, Pastor Justin. Do you want me to say amen? I think you could, but you certainly can write it in the chat. Let's be in this thing together today. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Here's today's uh, title for the message, okay? Ready? Altered. Altered. Yeah, that's a really bad title. No, no, no. Listen. Altered. Altered. The word alter can be spelled two different ways. The first time you spell it, I want you to write it A-L-A-R-T. E-D, altered. Second time, write it with an E, A-L-E-R-T-E-D, altered and altered. It's funny, two different words, two different meanings, but they sound totally the same. I know English is a hard language. For some people, maybe you're learning English as a second language, and the more you learn, the more you realize we really didn't have a very good strategy when we came up with this language. There's so many words that sound similar, sound the same, and carry with them different meanings. And they're hard to get into written form. Uh, in speaking, usually it's easy to understand where someone's coming from, but in written form, it's kind of difficult to know, like, which there am I supposed to write right now? Which uh, two, am I supposed to write right now? Which effect? That was, that's always a tough one. Affect, effect. And I think alter is kind of the same. It's like, which alter are we talking about when we write this thing out? Lately, probably the most humorous uh, of these types of scenarios to me, these homonyms, as they're called, two words that sound the same but mean different things. The, probably the most humorous one is is the word apart. Apart. A-P-A-R-T. Apart. Also, you could say, ah, space, part, right? Different, different total meanings. And I love it that people are like, oh, you know what? It's just so good to be a part. 
And they, they spell it wrong. And so what they're actually saying is it's good to not be together. I think that's so funny. And people are like, I'm just so happy to be a part uh, of, of this church. And they're actually saying, I'm so happy to be away from this church. It's a funny thing. While we're on it, let me, let me show you a few funny dad style homonym puns. Okay. Cause we're talking about this homonym today, altered and altered. And so I thought I would read some of these and, and various people will enjoy these more than others. Some will think this is a waste of time. And some, if you're not careful, you're going to go down a meme black hole. Don't go there. Enjoy some of these. You can look at them later, but check this out. A man who falls into an upholstery machine is now fully recovered. That's a good one. That's a good dad joke. Check this one out. Um, a boiled egg in the morning is hard to beat. Yeah, that's a good one too. That's dad level 10 right there. Uh, there's a, there's, check it, check out this one. A short fortune teller who escapes from prison was a small medium at large. <laughs> I like that. Okay. One more, one more. Uh, I got so many good ones here that I wrote down. I like this one. A math professor went crazy on the blackboard. He did a number on it. I like that. These words that carry with them multiple meanings. They sound the same. They mean different things. And the same is true for this word alter and this other word alter. One means a place where a promise took place. A place where we are remembering the faithfulness, the promises of God. And the other means to be changed. You could say in one sense that one means acknowledging the unchangeable character of God, that he is same through the ages. One is saying that, that, that God is the ancient of days, that there is no change within him from beginning to end. And the other word means my future is going to look different because something is changing in me. Alter with an A, it's like the ancient. And alter with an E is kind of like the, the future. And they mash up together and, and sometimes we sing a song like, Oh, come to the altar. And I love it when it gets misspelled on the screen. I don't really love it, but, but we're singing something that doesn't really make sense. Oh, come to the, to the change. What we're being called to is come to a place of remembering the promises of God. Now let me show you in the Bible the significance of an altar because I, I really do believe that during this lockdown season, the restrictions around social gatherings, the, the inopportunity to be together, that there is something for us to learn about an altar. If you could turn your Bible to the book of Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. As you go there, I, I gotta say, it's a little awkward to tell dad jokes and get zero laughs. I'm in a room with not a single laugh. Although, a, a, a truly good dad joke doesn't get any laughs in person anyway. Okay, here we go. Genesis chapter 12, starting at verse 1. This is a, a crucial passage of scripture for people who believe in Jesus, for people who have been saved by the grace of God through this moment of faith in believing in Jesus. It says this, uh, verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, from your people, and your, from your father's household to a land that I'll show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. Look at verse 4. So Abram went 
as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he went out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions that they had accumulated and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. When they arrived there, Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Okay, this uh, moment in time, maybe you've read that passage so many times, like, yeah, it's a thing that happened. Just just follow with me the, the concept that is taking place. God has made a promise to Abram. In the same manner, God has made promises to you and I. His faithfulness is, is continuing through the ages. I, I love that we sang about that today. Really, both the songs we sang about the faithfulness in God's promises and the fact that there is no one like him. He's strong in battle. He's mighty to save. He's so consistent. So God gives Abram a promise. And his promise is this. You're going to have an incredible legacy. And the the people who are part of that legacy are going to have possession of this land. It's It's a promise that has multiple layers to it. Abram, you are going to change the world. I'm going to bless you. And the blessing that comes to you is going to flow through you and affect the whole world through all the ages. And then he says, here's what I need you to do. Begin to obey. Begin to walk with me. And so Abram, out of this incredible faith, he doesn't know where exactly he's going, but he steps out in faith and begins to follow the instruction of God. Abram, his small little family, he he was yet to have any children, so he brought with him a nephew. It was so significant that he was bringing this nephew because he had no descendants of his own. And into that hopeless situation, God spoke to him, I'm going to make you into a great nation. You will have descendants and they will change the world. And they won't just be dispossessed, wandering throughout the world. They will have a land to call their own. And when Abram came to that place, he built an altar to the Lord. Now, what is an altar? An altar ultimately is a pile of stones. It's just simply taking a moment to pile up stones that, that he had found in that location and say, this is a place where I encountered God. This is a place of the promise. I want to tell you four things about an altar, four things that are significant, I believe, about an altar. Number one, an altar is a place of obedience. God's promises to you and I are not solely contingent on his faithfulness. Now, that's kind of a scary thing, and and it might even seem untheological to some. But listen, God's promises are generally connected to a step of obedience. The primary step of obedience is simply believing in them. Like right now, you might think, oh, I have to do these great exploits for God to bless me. No, no, no. But you do need to make that step of faith. It was Jesus who said this, my work is to believe that I am who I say I am. Like there is some work to it for you and I to take a step of obedience. An altar is a reminder of that obedience step that takes place. God has given a promise and he's asking us to obey. Number two, an altar is a place of encounter. It really is. It was like Abram was experiencing God and he said, this place right here, I'm not alone in this. God is in this with me. I'm not alone. I, I, I want to stop and pause and accept the fact that God is for me, not against me. He's on my side. He knows me. He cares for me. And so I'm going to commemorate this moment with 
the piling up of some rocks. Number three, an altar is a place of sacrifice. It was upon an altar that, that a sacrifice would be made. Now, significant sacrifices included sometimes like simply taking some grain or, or some sort of plant that had been planted and put it upon the altar and to burn it. And to say, hey, God, I just trust like you're my provider. The stuff I have is not my provider. And so I'm, I'm going to sacrifice this as this moment of offering. Um, sometimes it was taking like, an animal, slaughtering it and burning that upon the altar and just saying, God, I don't put my confidence in how many sheep I have, in how great my goats are. Like, I, I'm, I'm just really trusting you. I want to honor you that you are the one who brings every good and perfect thing into my life. But it was upon an altar that you made a sacrifice. Fourthly, an altar was intended to be a place of remembrance. It was at an altar and, and an altar would be built so that in the future, when you pass by that same place, you would have this moment where your mind was triggered to the goodness of God. So follow with me. Obedience, encounter, uh, a place of sacrifice, and a place of remembrance. The reason that we build an altar uh, to commemorate the promises of God is that the promises of God come with an obedience step. The promises of God come with an encounter. God doesn't just promise from afar. He draws near and says, here's what I have for you. He breathes hope into our situation. The promises of God call us to sacrifice and the promises of God ought to be remembered. Now, the interesting thing that happens here in the book of Genesis chapter 12 is that Abram then goes on to be afraid and flee the land. Isn't that interesting? God brings him through this place and he goes, I'm going to meet you here. And in significant places within that land, Abram stops and goes, oh, I feel the assurance of the promise of God. God is for me. He spoke to me that I would be the father of many nations. He spoke to me that I would be a blessing to all creation and that this land would be possessed by my, uh, my descendants. But then he got intimidated. He became a little bit terrified. And the Bible says he fled from that place to the kingdom of Egypt because there was famine in the land. It's interesting, isn't it, that often upon receiving a promise from God or a revelation that, that God is for us and, and not against us, we have this moment where our faith becomes tested. Anyone feel that way right now? Anyone feel like you're in that place right now where, where you, you sense that God has huge purpose for your life, but it feels like it's just getting difficult? Where you feel like you have got this revelation that oh, God loves me. But then you look around and see, but the, the world is still so tough. And I still have all these challenges to face. And it's like this internal battle that goes on. Abram was experiencing that. So he said to his wife, his nephew, and their entire household, he said, this is not a good place for us anymore. And he actually lacked in a little bit of faith. I think it's so important because I don't want today's message to be all about focusing on what you and I need to do. I don't want it to be a shining a spotlight on how much is dependent on, on us. Instead, I want it to be about us seeing the, the, the virtue of God's faithfulness, even when we lack faith. So they leave to Egypt, and God, because he's so good, still blesses Abram in Egypt. But look what it says in, in chapter 13. Check this out. Uh, verse 1, so Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had and Lot went with him. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev he went back from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier and where he had first built an altar. There Abraham called on the name of the Lord. 
Isn't that beautiful? That at that place of sacrifice, at that place of promise, at that place of obedience and encounter, in that place of remembrance, Abraham returned to that place and said, I can call out to God here. Now, why are you talking about altars? Why the little reference to homonyms? We'll get to the homonyms piece in a minute. But I I really do believe that it would be such a wasted opportunity if we come out of this pandemic, which we will, and we haven't learned anything, and we haven't grown, and we haven't received the promise God has for us, and it hasn't changed us. Imagine if we come through this time, and years in the future, people look back and say, what was the, what was life like in 2020? What, what was it like living through that strange time? What was it like when there was ordinances around whether or not you need to wear masks in certain places, and how many people were allowed to be in your home? What was that like? And, and if the only answer we come up with, oh, it was pretty lame. It was hard. But we got through it. I mean, that'd be just such a wasted opportunity. Imagine instead, if from this point forward, every time we, we hear COVID-19 or, or Big Bad Rona, or every time we think of a, um, a mask or a pandemic or a lockdown or a vaccine, or imagine if those things all triggered memories in our hearts of the faithfulness of God. Oh man, I've built better relationships during that season than I ever had. I learned to understand the, the will and the nature and the character of God more than I ever had. God promised me and look what he brought me through. I learned in that time what I was gifted for. I learned in that time what God had for me. Imagine in this time that feels strained and lonely and different if we come out saying that will mark for me an altar I will never forget. I actually think for some we need to go so far as putting reminders in our life. Some you need to make an altar in the form of a sticky note that you put on your mirror so that when you wake up in the morning and you look at yourself, you you are reminded that God has called you, that you're reminded that you have purpose, that you're reminded that you're not called to simply exist, but to live a life that is full. Now remember with me, an altar, A-L-T-A-R, an altar is a place where God makes a promise. And at the altar... There's a call to obedience. At the altar, there is this, this moment of encounter where you realize you're not alone. At the altar, there is a call to sacrifice, to actually give of ourselves in generosity and trust God. And at the altar is a place of remembrance. This word altar is significant. It's why we sing, oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. It's why, you know, growing up in church, there is this thing called an altar call where people are called to come to that place of promise and receive the grace of God, maybe for the first time, or maybe to allow God's grace to work in one aspect or area of their life. As you come forward in an altar call, you are saying, God made me a promise. So I'm taking a step of obedience God made me a promise, and so I'm here to encounter the fullness of what that promise had. God has made me a promise, and it is worth sacrificing for. God has made me a promise, and I will never forget this moment. I will live in remembrance. Now turn with me for the next couple of minutes to the book of Romans, if you could. With that as a context, what is an altar? Let's look at the book of Romans. Something special is happening here. I really believe even right now as you flip the pages of your Bible or you flip over in another window that uh, something's changing in your heart. Ready? Romans chapter 11. Go to chapter 11. I want to get a running start into Romans 12. It says this, Romans 11, 33. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom 
and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his paths are beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? And who's been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? What Paul is doing here is taking a step back and going, Whoa! God is awesome! What he's doing is saying, I don't even understand how great God is. I can't even comprehend how good God is. Do you know one of the reasons that I worship God is because I can't make sense of Him. I can't even understand, like, where did God begin? He's ancient. He's before time. He's outside of the, the rules of space. How is it that God is the creator of every good and perfect thing? He says, who can even trace His paths? Who knows where God has come from and where He's going? Whoa! Like, like who has ever had to give God a good piece of advice? Now I laugh because we've done it. We've done it in prayer. Hey God, I was just thinking, you know, you probably should do this. And like, who's like the Lord? He knows it all. Here's Paul. He's saying God is unbelievable. No one has ever given to God and God goes, Hey, thanks for that. I'll get you back. Like God's the giver of life. He's the giver of every good thing. And then he says this, and I have four words underlined here. I want you to underline them. It's it's significant. Verse 36, it says, For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Could you underline from, through, for, and to from, through, for, to. These words are all monosyllabic. They're so easy to say. You might just be a baby. You might just be learning how to talk, but you can say things like from, through, for, and to. This is why we worship God, because from Him, and through Him, and for Him, and to Him is everything. It's the supremacy and the beauty of how big God is. Why do I make an altar? Because from Him and through Him and to Him and for Him are all things. Why do I stop and, and, and commemorate that God met me during COVID-19 and didn't let me do this thing alone and He spoke to me in new ways through the Scripture, in ways that I never got? Why is it that I, I would stop and pause and worship God when nothing seems good around me right now? Because from him and through him and to him and for him are all things he deserves the glory from through to and for it all check this out from God you know the obedience that we are called to is instruction from God God's not looking for grand gestures of us trying to prove how how holy we are sometimes people think that we receive God's grace somehow because we work for it not at all Obedience is a response to the grace of God. It's God extending an opportunity for us to draw nearer to Him. And it's instruction that comes from Him. The opportunity to obey is a blessing that comes from God. It's a blessing linked to His promise. He loves us enough to call us to a step of action. Someone right now, you feel like God is calling you to a step of action, and you feel like such a loser. He's like, why do I have to change? I, oh, just because I'm so brutal. No, no, no. God is extending grace to you, saying there's a way out, just like he did to Abram, saying, Abram, I know you have no descendants. I know you have no land. I know you feel like your life is insignificant, but I want you to follow me to that place I will go. And so Abram, Abram took a step of obedience. That instruction comes from him. 
Not only from him, but it's through him. Do you know an encounter with God comes through God and God alone? An encounter with God is not us taking the initiative. It is God initiating connection and relationship with us. I'm so grateful for, for, for encounters with God because I don't go searching for them. God ser- seeks me out. Like none of us are good enough within ourselves to go try to find God. None of us came up with the idea, you know what? Being redeemed would be a good thing. I'm going to go search God out. I'm going to go search God out and impress him with my good deeds. No, no, no. God has made a way. God has searched us out. And through his grace, we get to encounter him. So obedience comes from him. An encounter comes through him. And guess what? Sacrifice? Oh, sacrifice is for him. I don't sacrifice for anybody else. I'm not trying to show the world how much I care. When I sacrifice, it's not a gesture for others to see. It's actually for God. Do you know when you give to the poor, you are, are making a statement for God. When you give to the local church, you are making a statement that I am for the thing that God is for. That's why we will unashamedly ask people to engage in giving, engage our hearts in giving and do it cheerfully. Because I'm not, do, you're not doing this for us to be able to have the lights on and, 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 and put content out on YouTube. We're doing this for God. We're doing this as a sacrifice for God and it, it puts joy in our heart. And guess what? When I remember God, I am drawn to Him. When I remember God at an altar, I'm drawn to Him. So I'm challenging us and calling us. Let's let COVID-19 be an altar for us. Let's let it be that thing that we will never forget the promises of God. Here we are sitting all alone in our home saying, this isn't normal. Well, guess what? Neither are the promises of God. It's not normal that a perfect God would care about imperfect people like us. It's not normal that a God who, who to him and through him and, and for, or sorry, from him and through him and for him and to him are all things, that that God notices me, that that God initiates relationship with me, that's not normal. I'm praying and believing that for the rest of our lives, whenever we hear COVID-19, vaccine, lockdown, mask, ordinance, any of those things that we just think, oh, remember how faithful God was through that all. Remember how good God was to me through that all. Remember how I got through that. I didn't think I could. For so many of us, if if nine months ago I said, hey, here's what the next nine months will look like, you'd say, I can't get through that. But here you are. You're not only getting through it, God is growing you through it. And now it says this. Hey, we're bringing it all to a close. Verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, like in light of all of that, that, that from Him and through Him and for Him and to Him are all things. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is a spiritual act of worship. Don't conform to the patterns of this world. Instead, be transformed by the renewings of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Friends, I don't want you to uh, look at at the lens of God's goodness through the hard times of this season. Instead, I want you to look at the hard times of this season through the lens of God's goodness. Therefore, in view of God's mercy, let's come to the altar. And when we come to the altar, let's be altered. That when we come to that place of accepting the promise God has for us, that it actually leaves us changed. Guess what? Obedience changes you. Guess what? When we come to that place of encounter, we leave changed. Nobody comes into the presence of God and leaves unchanged. 
Either they are drawn closer to him or they have applied more callous to their heart against him and they were, are pulling away, but we all leave changed. Guess what? Sacrifice, it changes us. Sacrifice actually sets us free. I really think the freest people I've ever met are the most generous people. The ones who just say, none of this holds me. None of this holds me. Man, I just trust God. I'm not going to be small thinking in my mind right now. None of this holds me. And the people who remember, oh my goodness, they're people who are being changed over and over and over and over again. I love in this verse that it calls us to the renewing of our mind, meaning the ongoing present change of our lives. So what do you make an altar with? With stones. Stones, which developed because of eruptions, and were formed from seismic events, and were slowly eroded and ground down by friction and hard times. It's these stones that actually make the perfect altar. Guess what? The broken things in your life are perfect to construct an altar with. The seismic events that have taken place in your life, they're the perfect building blocks of an altar unto God. So many people, they carry around the burdens of their brokenness as a weight that weighs them down when those pieces of brokenness are actually perfectly designed to build an altar with. In fact, you could say this, what do you build an altar with? Hard things. You take the hard things in your life, the hard things caused from friction and eruptions and seismic events, and you say, these hard things will not be my burden. These hard things will be an altar of the promise of God. Here's God's promise to you. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Here's God's promise to you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Here's God's promise to you. He has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Here's God's promise to you. You are seated in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus and God's plan is just to pour goodness into your life for all eternity. Here's God's promise to you. He's given all things for our our enjoyment. Here's God's promise to you that he is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Here's God's promise to you that he has victory in store for you. So you can look at something as terrifying as death and say, where's your sting? Like you got no hold on me. Here's God's promise to you for all eternity. He will continue to be exposing his grace and the promise of his goodness to you. And for all of eternity, it will never get old. We'll just keep on being changed and finding ourselves saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of God Almighty. How unsearchable are his ways. I can't even understand the mind of God. I just know this, that that for him and through him and from him and to him are all things. So today, let's come to the altar. Let's be altered at the altar. Let's come to the altar and bring our broken things, our hard things. And instead of carrying them as burdens, let's lay them down and say, I'm never going to forget this. Today, even where you are alone, let's build an altar unto God. Pause and say, God, this moment, I just never want to forget. This day in November 2020, I never want to forget it. I want, I want to be reminded that you made a promise. I want to be reminded. So I'm going to obey even the small steps of faith, this this moment right now, this promise, it comes out of an encounter that came only through you. This moment of promise is worthy of sacrifice. This moment of promise is one I never want to forget. Can I pray with you? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, this is a moment to receive his promise. His promise is love for you. His promise is a, is a grace that covers over a multitude of sins. His promise is that he would take on our death so we could experience the fullness of his life. If you want that today, let me pray with you. Jesus, today I receive 
your gift of life. I repent from my broken ways and I receive your grace. If that's your heart today, this is a moment worth making an altar for. This is a moment worth circling on your calendar. This is a day that I want to encourage you to reach out to someone. Reach out to us on the chat. Send us an email at info at vivid.church. Say, hey, today I made that decision. This is a moment you never want to forget. God's promise extended to you. And for each one of us, I want us to ask ourselves the question, what's God calling us out in, like asking us to obey in? What are we going to let this encounter with God do to change our lives? What is it that God is asking for a sacrifice in the area for us to acknowledge that he's our provider? And, and what are we never going to forget about this season? Let's let it actually alter us. Jesus, I pray for our entire church right now. Let this season mark our lives for better. We don't want to just get through it. We want to receive everything you have for us in it. So today I pray that you would redefine for us the meaning of this season. As if it takes on a new homonym. Sounds the same, means something different. The the pandemic sounds the same, but it just means something different for us because it's in this time that we received your promise. And I pray that the altars in our lives, the, the moments that trigger remembrance, would always draw us nearer to you. So therefore, God, in view of your mercy, we offer our lives as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. And I pray that we wouldn't conform to the patterns of this world, picking up our burdens again, but instead we'd be transformed by a new way of thinking that would allow us to understand what your will is, your good, pleasing, and perfect will. In Jesus' name. I love you so much. I'm grateful for the days ahead. We are going to get through this. We are going to be better for it. In fact, I think we will want to return to these memories because it'll be in these moments that we acknowledge God made me a promise and he kept that promise. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.